Blog Talk Radio. What's up, everybody? My name is Clifton Pettyjohn, and you are listening to Transformation Radio, where we transform lives through purposeful conversations. Welcome back to Transformation Radio. That's right, Transformation Radio. I'm not going to go over what the intro already said about Transformation Radio, but I want to welcome each and every one of you back. This is our first show of 2020, and we are starting it off with a banger. I'm excited about our guest on tonight, and I'm just excited, y'all. I don't know how 2020 has started out for each and every one of you. I'm not saying that everything has went the way that I desire for it to go, but I'm just excited about all of the possibilities, the endless possibilities that are placed before us on a day-to-day basis. Let me slow down a little bit because I did get a little excited and I didn't even introduce myself. My name is Clifton Pettyjohn. I am a purpose strategist, author, transformation coach, and spiritual leader. I provide tools and strategies to transition individuals from a life of merely existing to living a life full of purpose, all right? And as I said, you are listening to Transformation Radio. Those who may not know, we did combine both shows. In 2019, we had Transformation Radio and Transformation Radio 2.0. What we ended up doing was just combining the purpose of both of those shows and making it one show because basically – It was one show anyway. So, again, I thank each and every one of you for listening. I thank you for listening to the replays, and it is very imperative that you listen to the replay of every interview that we do. Why? Because lately our interviews have gone over the hour or over the time that's been allotted to us. But when we go dark or when we go off the air, it continues to record. So only those who listen to the replay uh, get the full interview. You know, and I I encourage you all to take time to listen to the replay. You can always listen to the replay by visiting my website, www.cliftonpettyjohn.com forward slash, what is it, Transformation Radio. I'm sorry, forward slash Transformation Radio. That's trans, T-R-A-N-S, the number four, Mation Radio. All right, or just visit my homepage, 
scroll down and you'll see it there. Also, if you listen to uh, Apple Podcasts or Spotify, it is available on those platforms as well under Yvonne Mason. That's right, Miss Yvonne Mason, who everybody knows, I always talk about it, has afforded us this opportunity to have the show on this network, all right? So I just want to touch base with some things before we get to our guest on tonight. I believe that's him. I see somebody is on hold. I'm going to be right with you. But every time, uh, I always like to do this before we bring our guests in. I just want to remind everybody that this is a diverse environment. Basically, what I mean is that our guests come from a variety of backgrounds and belief systems. My belief system and background may differ from those of you that are listening. Our listening audience has a wide range of belief systems and backgrounds, but this is a place where everybody can come together with what they believe, who they are, and feel safe enough to peel back all the layers, be who they are, and understand that regardless if we agree or disagree, we're still going to be respectful of each other. And as long as we keep that same environment, I will always keep the phones line, the phone lines open during every interview, just like it's going to be open on tonight, guys. So those that call in, I want you to remember that you need to be respectful of my, of my guests, other callers, and myself. Even if we say something that you may not, uh, you may disagree with, or you may not agree with, there's a way that we can all respectfully disagree. So we want to make sure that we keep that in mind because if you are not respectful in your disagreement, then I'm going to have to hang up on you. Also, I do have to keep calls limited to one minute, and the reason is I want to give our guests enough time to share their story, and I also want to give other callers the opportunity to call in and join the conversation, all right? So we're about to get to our guests, but before we get to our guests, there's something I want to play for you real quick. Once I play that, we're going to come back, I'm going to introduce our guests, and we're going to begin tonight's conversation. Can you identify any areas in your life where stagnation is manifesting? Now, I know some of you might say, no, I can't. Well, I want us to look at stagnation for what it really is. Some people have identified stagnation as something that's not growing or that's not producing. I don't believe that stagnation. To me, stagnation can also be that, yes, we're growing. Yes, we're producing. However, we're growing and producing in a manner that's disrespectful to the purpose and the greatness that resides inside of us. And listen, we all have areas where we can identify that we could be doing a lot better in. There's greater potential in those areas than we are experiencing. And guess what? I have a tool that will help you begin to experience transformation in those areas of stagnation in your life. And that tool is called 
From Stagnation to Transformation. That's right. That is my book, From Stagnation to Transformation. So I want you to head over to my website, www.cliftonpettyjohn.com. I want you to hit there. I want you to hit the Transformation tab. There you're going to find a free preview of my book. That's right, a free preview of my book. And I promise you, after you read the preview, you're going to want to invest in your personal transformation through purchasing the book. So again, hit over there. Purchase the book. Let me know you purchased it. Here's what I always say, guys. If you purchase the book, you read the book, you apply the principles in your life, and yet you still are stagnant in the areas that you are applying them to, and you're not experiencing any transformation, and you can prove to me that you have applied these principles, I will give you a a 100% refund. That's right, a 100% refund. Why? Because I believe in the application of the principles that are outlined in this book. So again, visit www.cliftonpettyjohn.com and purchase your copy of From Stagnation to Transformation. All right, guys, as I said, we're getting ready to get to our guest. The call-in number is 516-387-1756. Again, 516-387-1756. At any time throughout the conversation, something is said that you have a question about or you would like to comment, that you feel you have something to add to the conversation, you are welcome to call in, all right? So without further ado, I want to welcome to the show the mission planner himself, Mr. Kyle S. King. How's everything going, Clifton? Hello. It's great to be here. And I'm. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now, sir. How are you? I am amazing. How are you, sir? I'm, I'm well, man. I, no complaints here. I'm excited about tonight's conversation. I believe that some things are going to be ch- uh, said that's going to really make an impact in our listening audience lives. For sure. I'm glad to be here and I'm just it's a privilege to be on the show. So I'm I'm thankful for that as well. Awesome. Thank you again for joining us. Now here's how we start. I always like to start with a light question, just you know, a little icebreaker. Um <laughs> to so the, learn, the listening audience can learn a little bit more about you. I always use the same question for everybody because I believe that this question explains a lot about ourselves. All right. Okay. All right, so if you had one superpower, what would that superpower be and why? <laughs> it's interesting that you asked this question because I was having a conversation with friends of mine earlier today about this exact question. And um, oh, wow. what my answer was, uh, what my answer was is that I would want to be able to change people or control people's minds. And not in a negative sense, because I believe that a lot of this generation is like what I communicated is that I would rather be physically imprisoned instead of mentally imprisoned. So why Mm. I would want this super power essentially is to being able to recreate perspectives, shift mindset and being able to open up people to different vantage points and bypass some of the experiences in which they have gone through so that you can help people reach their full potential and purpose. I believe that a lot of people are depleted and they have one way of seeing things, one way of viewing problems or one way of handling situations. 
So I would love to be able to get into the minds of people and really being able to influence them to learn all of the different ways of the world, all of the different experiences, and expose them to different things so that we can move forward in purpose and not so much be so focused on profit. I like that. I like how you how you started that whole thing. I want to stay right there for a minute because you said I would rather be physically in prison than mentally in prison. Can you talk a little bit of why you would rather be that, uh, the physical versus the mental? Because I believe that physical, when you're in a, a certain place, you think about it as an athlete. If you, um, let's say you're playing football and you go through a tough injury, your body reheals itself. Your body reheals itself. Mm-hmm. And it, it then, whether you tear an ACL or you break a leg or you break an arm, it gets back to where it needs to be. And with the right therapy, with the right training, with the right, you know, physical therapy and doctors, you can get back maybe even stronger physically than you were before you even injured your arm or your leg or your body in some type of way. But I believe when we are mentally in prison, it is keeping us from physically being able to perform higher, emotionally being able to perform higher, mentally being able to perform higher, and it keeps us in a state of mediocrity. It keeps us in the very place that we are in and we cannot advance forward until we break some of the mental barriers that we face, whether they're fears, whether they're insecurities, whether they're doubts, whether they're um, inadequacies in which we see about ourselves, then we are not going to be able to fully impact other people, but first impact ourselves. Right, right. And we're going to go back to that about starting with impacting ourselves when we give you the opportunity to share a little bit of your story. But before we get to that, there's something that I always like to do, piggybacking off of the superpower thing. I like to play a quick game of word association. Um, I'm going to say a word. You can tell me the first phrase that comes to mind or the first word that comes to mind. Now, sometimes I do interrupt the game and ask further questions from that. This conversation is not like an organized, structured conversation where it's like, I'm going to ask you this, then I'm going to ask you that. I just want to see where we're going to end up because I feel like the organic side of things is what people are really looking for and what can really benefit uh, benefit them the most. Awesome. Okay, I'm ready. Okay, all right. So the first word is life, life. Experiences. Mm, okay. Accountability. Oh, man. Um, is lost. Mm. Mission. <laughs> I was going to say the mission planner. <laughs> um, <laughs> mission, I would say purpose. Purpose. Uh, well, our next word is purpose. <laughs> so you already answered that one. Purpose, okay. I would say faith. Uh, Faith, okay, okay. Fatherhood. Peace. Mm. Education. The great equalizer. Okay. Mentorship. Necessary. Okay. 
And why is mentorship necessary? It's a fool who learns from his own mistakes, and it's a wise man that learns from the mistakes of others. It's an African Mm. proverb that I've heard years ago. I believe that 80%, if not 90% of my success as an entrepreneur, as a five-time author, as a father, as a friend, all of those different things, I had to have counsel around me that could be experts in those different fields. And I believe in business, we're successful because you have to be an expert at hiring experts. But in life, you have to be an expert at attracting experts around you. Mm. It's it's not effective. uh, Kind of even just, I guess, expand on that. It's not effective getting constructive criticism by something or someone that that hasn't constructed anything. It's challenging getting advice (laughs) from an entrepreneur that hasn't been successful as an entrepreneur or someone that has never been married is giving advice about marriage. So I truly Mm. believe mentorship is key to you being able to unlock doors in your life, whether it's business, whether it's relationship, whether it's just spirituality. You have to have an expert that has done it, that has been through the experience, because at the end of the day, experience is still our best teacher. Absolutely. And the last word is transformation. Revelation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, going right off of that transformation and that revelation, can you give us a little background about yourself and how you became this mission, the mission planner? That's powerful. Um a few years ago, well, six years ago, actually, seven years now, um, in 2013, I studied abroad in Ghana, and I was a part okay. of a um, part of a group of students when I was in college that studied the economics, the education, and all these different factors of international education versus American education. At the time, I was a uh, finance major in college, and what I started to see that was completely different than my perspective as an American going to an international economy is that it's not that students weren't smart. It's not that students couldn't learn. It's not that students um, were inadequate in any way because these students over there were brilliant. It's that they lacked the fundamental resources that would help advance them as a part of the educational system as a whole. So coming back to Mm -hmm. America, I wanted to fill that gap um, internationally. And then going back to the word mentorship, I reached out to some mentors and they said, before you go internationally, I want you to see what's happening in your backyard. And then I started to Mm. see a lot of the issues and a lot of the gaps and a lot of the problems right here in our backyard in America, how students are failing school, they're dropping out of school, how they don't have the resources in our Title I areas or in our urban areas. However, that money is being taken and put into charter schools or private schools. All of these different gaps I wanted to be able to fill based upon the research that I started to gain. So at that time, I started Project Shine Incorporated, which was a nonprofit organization. I got backing from the College of Business and Public Affairs, in which I attended at Alabama A&M University, and started to really do some groundwork um, in the community. 
But as an as a business mm-hmm. owner at the time, as an athlete, as still a student, what I soon learned is that the biggest problem in business, what I thought, was not having enough money. But mm-hmm. I had funding. I had funding. I had the money. But I didn't have the processes, systems, and personnel in place, so I lost yeah. everything. Mm-hmm. Moving forward from that failure, what I thought was a failure, I learned a valuable lesson, and I call it PPS, processes, personnel, and systems. So fast-forwarding, mm-hmm. we recreated um, Project Shine into the Shine Institute, which is an LLC model that created curriculums for schools that focus on student-focused programs. We have programs called Operation CEO, which teach students financial literacy, entrepreneurship, real estate development, and professionalism, all of the keys in terms of public speaking, etiquette, all of the different social skills that you need to be able to advance you in life, not just in school. Um, And we wanted students to understand that you don't have to be at an Ivy League school to be an Ivy League student. And all of the different things that you learn in school are important, but a 4.0 GPA won't help you solve conflict or won't help you better be a a conflict resolution, like understand conflict resolution in a sense, excuse me. Or you could have a straight A, you could be a straight A student but if you don't know how to communicate to people effectively or you don't understand the value of time or you don't understand how to have good habits, then you can't be truly effective in life. So we started teaching students diff- through different programs. Um, and through my experience, published my first book, published my second book, and then those became best-selling um, books. And then through that, um, my company truly expanded, and we have now ties in the U.K. Um, so we've worked with 30,000 students over the last six years. I've published five books, and um, we've been able to work in the sectors of private schools, public schools, and charter schools. And then we also opened up our own enrichment center right here in Charlotte, North Carolina, where we run programs, tutoring programs, and um, house events as well. To being able to be one of the thought leaders within education. Awesome, awesome. And we're going to go back to the education, but let's go to the books. I, I saw that all of your books are titled, have the title, The Mission Planner within them. What exactly is the mission plan? The mission plan is like, like when you said mission earlier, it's purpose. I think mm-hmm. that if you look mm-hmm. at any mission in life, um, the destination may change, but the mission, mission stays the same. And if you look at any corporation, they live and die based upon that mission statement. They may change their products. They may change their services. They may change their whole logo, their company headquarters, all of these different things. But the mission of that organization, the purpose stays the same. And I think so many times we're focused on what we need to do. So many times we're mm-hmm. focused on how we need to do what it is that we need to do. And I have so many people and mentees ask me, you know, Mr. King, how did you do this? Or what is it that you do? And instead of me being so focused on talking about what I do and how I've done it, let me tell you why I do it. And that's what the mission mm-hmm. is. Because through life, 
it's just as simple as you want to go, let's say, to Walmart, and you don't know how to get there. When you get into your car, you put in your destination, which is your directions. Maybe you've gotten those from mentors or other resources. And as you're driving, there's going to be stoplights. There's going to be stop signs. There's going to be other cars in front of you. There may be accidents. There may be things going on. There may be severe weather. That doesn't take you away from the actual destination in which you're trying to get to. You don't just say, no, I don't want to go to Walmart anymore. You're just trying to reroute. You try to get through those obstacles, jump over those hurdles, move around those rocks that are in the way of getting to your overall goal. You put a system in place that helps you through a period of time, whether it takes you 15 minutes or 30 minutes, the goal stays the same. The mission stays the same, but sometimes the destination in which how we get there, the plan in which how we get there has to shift. So when we look at the books, it's the mission plan. First, you have to make the decision. Like, I want to do better. Mm-hmm. Once you start to see that you're, you're, you're willing to make that decision, then the choices after that follow, the behaviors, and then after that follow. I think so many times we get stuck in goals, but we're not mm-hmm. willing to put the systems in place after. A lot of people want to be married or they want to get married, but they don't want to be married. A lot of people want to own businesses and say I'm an entrepreneur, but they don't want to go through the hard work that it takes to manage a company every single day, not just when profits are high. So the discovery teaches people and teaches readers what are those different things and those barriers that you have to break down in your life, those traits, those habits, those atomic habits that you have to create or uncreate so that you can be truly successful. And once you do that, then you get to the point and to the, to the strategy section, which is the mission plan, the destiny, where you are in complete alignment with your decisions and your choices, and you have discovered what your gifts and talents are for you to truly be aligned with purpose and to become truly successful. Awesome, awesome. Okay, now, how you broke all of those things down, did you always have – this mindset or is this something you know that as life went on and and you begin to experience certain things in life you develop this this mindset and here's why i'm asking that is because you were talking about mission and you said the mission stays the same Uh, i meet a lot of people who experience uh failure or you know they don't necessarily reach the goals they had set out in a certain thing and the next day they're on to something else. The mission has changed. How do, do you get to a place where the mission remains the same, but as you said, you know, the process and all of that begins to um, be different? I think the first step is to get rid of a failure mindset. And I was mm-hmm. fortunate enough to get rid of that years ago. And what that means, in my opinion, okay is I ask people, you know, you know, what do you want to do? Like, how do you want to be impactful in life? And they tell me. I say, okay, if that doesn't work out, then what? And they have an actual answer for me. And the reality of it is, is if you have a plan B, your plan A will never be successful. Because I only have literally one plan. But I may have a Mm -hmm. thousand ways to make that one plan successful. 
Mm-hmm. I knew, I always have known that I wanted more in life. I wanted to be impactful. I wanted to be remembered. I wanted to be a part of history. What we do in life echoes into eternity. Re- regardless if that's in pre-med as a doctor, regardless if that's as an athlete that was able to create something, whether that's a computer program that was able to create something, I knew that I wanted to be successful and impactful. And I always knew my mission was to inspire, to empower, and to educate and equip people with what they needed to be successful. So the mission stayed the same. I may have changed the products and services. I may have changed where I lived in terms of that company headquarters. But one thing that I've had to realize is that you have to be the CEO of yourself before you can be the CEO of your organization or that initiative or that movement. So I had to put those systems in place in my life that I do not have a plan B. We don't believe in plan B. We don't believe in our escape plan or our exit strategy if this doesn't work. The reality of it is when things don't work, you have to assess why you don't work. Where did you drop the ball? We're so, when I talk about, you talked about accountability, and I said it's lost. Mm -hmm. Because it is lost. We don't hold ourselves accountable when our companies fail, when our grades aren't as high as they needed to be, when we don't have as much money as we thought we should have in our bank account, when our relationship isn't in the place in which we thought, we don't hold ourselves accountable. We're so quick to point blame or shift relationships or shift companies or shift ideas instead of going 100,000% in that one area. That's my mindset. Absolutely. And that's why I truly yeah, I, believe that I can't lose. Right. And, and I, I think that that mentality is so important because I, I, as you were talking, I was just like, oh, this is it. This is, this is it. There is no plan B. And, and it amazes me, though, like how many people have a plan B. And don't understand that when you created that plan B, you already set in motion for plan A not to work. So, okay, now from the education, uh, educational side of things, I saw you just had a conference uh, for, was that just for educators or was that for, you know, anybody that wanted to sign up? No, so we niched it down specifically to educators, but if you think about what an educator okay. is, um, it's all of the stakeholders that take part in raising a child. Yeah. So it, you could yes. be a, a counselor. You could be a social worker. You mm. could be a fun, mm. uh, someone that has a lot of money in the community that can help schools fundraise. All mm-hmm. of us essentially are educators in some type of way, mm. whether we're a parent, whether we're a financial literacy expert, Whatever it is, whether we're teaching someone content material or based upon an experience that we have learned in life, all of us are stakeholders in our students' lives. So the conference, the Blueprint Conference, is interesting. It was a vision that I had on December 14, 2019, and I was having a conversation with my assistant, and she was telling me about all of these different things, um, all of these speaking engagements that I got booked for in 2020 my first few national speaking engagements. And I was excited. I said, you know, thank you, very excited. She came back to me and she said, 
well, you don't know all of the ones that we didn't get. I was like, huh? I was like, well, I want you to send me all of the rejection letters. So everybody mm-hmm. on social media saw me getting all of these national speaking engagements. So they saw me getting accepted, but all I felt deep down was rejection. And at the time, mm-hmm. I was like, I want to be able to do something for people that, don't, are, that are getting overlooked. Because if I'm not getting invited to conferences, then I'm going to create my own conference and bring my own table and bring my own chairs to my own seat or to my own table for other people. Because there's a lot of experts out here that can truly impact and truly be like empower people, but they are not maybe the influencer. They're not in the right networks in a sense. So in 28 days, 28 days, zero dollars, no budget, no marketing budget. We pulled out a conference for 117 educators here in Charlotte. There were people from Columbia, South Carolina, Charleston, South Carolina, Atlanta, Georgia, Philly, that flew in for this conference Wow! in 28 days, something that would take people months to do. One of my words for 2020 is intentional execution. Too many times we sit on dreams, we sit on goals, we sit on ideas, and we never do it because we think we, don't, we need money. We need a team. If you don't have money, go get it. Figure it out. If you don't have a team, go get it. Figure it out. So I figured it out. I never threw a conference before. This is my first ever event in Charlotte. And 90% of the ticket sales were people that I didn't even know personally. <laughs> wow. Uh, I'm going to tell you, that was really encouraging what you just said. First of all, 28 days to pull on. The, I saw the vi- the videos and the pictures. That did not look like a conference that was, you know, pulled together in 28, 28 days without a budget. Um, you know, that looked like something that was put together, you know, throughout years of development and all of those things and a great budget. So, I hope that those of you that are listening to the show that you have vision, you have a a plan, you have an idea that you understand. As he just said, you don't have the money, go get it. You don't have the team, go get it. That's the reason why we do this show right here because I want to make sure those who have been overlooked that have value to add to the world have an opportunity to add it through, you know, through our show as a platform. And you said something else that I really want to stay on just for a minute is that you were talking about how everybody saw online all of the speaking engagements that you were getting, but you saw the rejection letters as well, and that's what you were, you know, experiencing there. As influencers or or those that people look up to, how important is it that we have conversations with them about some of the rejection that we've experienced as well, because sometimes with social media, it can give off an idea that there hasn't been any rejection. Everything is just perfect and it's just all beautiful and butterflies and rainbows and all of those things. How important is it that we have those conversations? It's, I feel like it's most important. And I believe that a lot of influencers have moved away from the authenticity and the vulnerability of who you truly are. 
Like, if we're being right, vulnerable, right. I've had my car repossessed because I was trying to fit in and live this life that people thought I was and buy nice cars and live this life. And I knew that I couldn't afford the car payment because I just wanted to be seen and be this person, become a person that social media wanted me to be. I've had overdraft accounts. I've had all of these different things that people go through every single day. And that helped me create systems in my life to live better financially, mentally, emotionally, personally, and physically, all of those different areas. So I'm not sitting here talking about all of these different things and not being able to relate to the people that are probably listening in right now. I have mm-hmm. been where you are. I have been in relationships depressed and feeling anxiety or feeling not valued or insecure and not feeling confident. I've been rejected from conferences. I froze up on stage at my first speaking engagement and literally did not know what to say. I've had money put in places and I've lost investments. I've made investments. All of that is a part of the learning experience. Once you get into that mindset that you can't lose and this is just a part of the learning process, it doesn't matter what happens to you. All of this is a part of the process to truly be successful. And then once you start learning what you need to do and what you don't need to do, then you'll start attracting the people that you need around you in your life that can truly help accelerate you and get you to the next level. Because the next level, everybody wants to move up to the next level, but they're not willing to be accountable and responsible for the behaviors and the choices that are needed to get them to the next level. So when I started to shift, my circle started to shift. When I started to Mm -hmm. shift, my income started to shift. When my income Mm -hmm. started to shift, my opportunities started to shift. And then my life Mm -hmm. shifted. But the shift starts with you. And and I think that that right there, uh, what you just said, the shift starts with you. And I heard you say earlier as well. I think that that is a lot of times the missing component uh, that's not talked about a lot. Um, a lot of things are talked about from the external side of things, but the process of dealing with yourself internally seems to be overlooked a lot. Um, I always like to ask influencers and educators and those who are just helping create a greater world this question. Have you ever had your bouts with depression? Yes, I have. Um, Interestingly, 2019 and late 2018 were probably my toughest years. And why they were a tough years, because I was in a very long relationship. I was actually the mother of my son. Um, And it didn't work out in the way that we had initially planned. And it's so interesting because it's like as influencers or as just people, when you have your mind stuck on in one way and, it, and you're yeah. just so confident and you just believe in it so much, it's just like opening a company and it doesn't work out. It's like you put all of your eggs in that one basket and it doesn't work out. Then what do you do? Like that athlete that has trained their whole life and doesn't make it to the league or to, to play college ball, it breaks you. You have to recreate essentially what you expected. You have to recreate norms. You have to recreate things because then things come up 
and it makes you think about that place that you were in or that person that you were with. So I went through a very challenging time trying to recreate and focusing on recreating and unlearning a lot of the things in which I was so that I can become the person that you now see in front of you today. So without going through the times where through depression and not knowing and the uncomfortability, I learned how to get comfortable with the uncomfortable. I learned how to recreate who I was so that I can get to the place where who I was destined to become. And when I went through the storm, instead of trying to beat the storm and try, instead of trying to get an umbrella and walk through the storm, when I ran through that storm, I came out stronger, more wise, and when I'm speaking to people, a lot more impactful because of the vulnerability that it took to go through it. Instead of hiding behind the pain, but learning how to take turn the pain into purpose. Turn the pain into purpose. Now, if I was to ask you for a a raw definition of purpose, what would you say that definition is? It's your legacy. Mm -hmm. I think that um, no one's ever asked me that, you know, what's your raw definition of purpose? It's the reason why you're here. Right. It's the reason why right. you've done everything that you're done that you've done. Um, what we do in life echoes into eternity. How do you want to be remembered? Mm-hmm. And if you really think about that, it's like we 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 operate in spaces like tomorrow is promised. Right. Even when we get off the phone, I'll talk to you later. What if later never came? Or I'll right. start that on Monday. What if Monday never arrived? So why aren't you doing that right now? Why aren't your choices and behaviors aligning with that right now? And that's the thing that we don't know and we don't take time to be intentional and present in because we are so selfish in thinking that tomorrow is promised that we have forgotten that it's not. Right. So I think also purpose is being able to understand and stay humble, remaining humble, remaining present, but also remaining focused on whoever you, like whatever faith you have, whoever Mm -hmm. you believe created you, why they created you, and what impact are you willing to leave on the world? That's, I believe, long-winded, but that's my definition. No, it's good. It's good. That's good. I, I always like to ask individuals that question because I like to hear it, uh, even on the show. I like it stated by everybody in the way they state it because somebody might be listening that might get it the way that I state it. But then there's people that are listening that hear you say it, and it's like, oh, man, uh-huh, I get it, like them Oprah uh-huh moments from the way that you say it. So I always like to ask everybody that question as it relates to purpose. Now, here's another question. I'm asking these questions because in my life coaching sessions, these are probably have been the most asked questions um, that I, that I get. How did you discover your purpose? That's a great question. Um, I believe that I've discovered my purpose through experiences. And why I say that is because 
I'm grateful to have the parents to have grown up in a two parent home. That's one. But not just growing up in a two-parent home, a two-parent home that my parents were able to expose me to a lot of different things early. So whether it's travel, whether it's putting me in a private school and then also put me, putting me into an urban school so that I can learn both sides, um, whether it's sending me to tutoring but also forcing me to volunteer so I can learn the struggle, but also I can be, um, that I can excel also in the classroom. Mm-hmm. Through my experiences in college, being able to intern at six different companies, being able to travel abroad multiple times, um, through my work experiences and working with people that I was willing to serve under so that I could learn these experiences and be present, I believe through all of the different things that I've experienced, that I've experienced it's taught me what I love, what I don't love, what type of lifestyle that I want what type of impact, what really struggle is. So I've been able to create a full picture on the canvas that I'm painting for my life. And I think sometimes we are never able to find our purpose because we're so stuck or so caught up in the one way that we are used (laughs) to living and we're unwilling to see it through somebody else's perspective. And I was able to learn from a lot of different people. So I was able to go to the suburbs and live um, or or stay at friends' homes that they had million-dollar homes, but also have friends that lived in a one-bedroom apartment that six people lived in and still love it and be humble. Right. So being able to balance who you are but also – be a com- like a, essentially fit into a lot of different areas so that you can stand out and bring your different experiences so that you can help other people understand while finding what works best for you. Got you, got you. Okay. So now, do you believe that um, the travel that you experienced and, and living abroad, as you were talking about studying abroad, that that has helped you be able to um, not limit your market because I feel like some people limit their market based off of what they've experienced and who they know, who they're comfortable with. Do you believe that that has helped you reach more people? Yes, one hundred percent. Or diversity. Yes, um, I believe that traveling to another country, not just another city, not just another state has changed my complete life or just my complete perspective on life as a whole. I believe what I learned there, what I was exposed to, whether it's food, traditions, um, just ways of living, being able to live somewhere for six months with no AC, no hot water, not being able to drink the water, um, like the, the very privileges in which we see over here the fact that I can walk around my house with AC now or go into my refrigerator and click a button and fresh water comes out or turn on the television and I can have internet that I don't necessarily have to wait on that I can watch on a smart television. Mm -hmm. Like all of these things that we don't even think are privileges are privileges. Right. And it's it's interesting because we take so much for granted. There's a there was a quote about 
um, this guy that was driving a hoopty, and there was somebody on the bike that would love to drive a car, but there's somebody walking that would love to ride a bike, but there's somebody in a wheelchair that would love to walk, but there's somebody in a hospital bed right now that would love to be in a wheelchair. Be appreciative for where you are because you are exactly where you need to be at this very moment. You are. But you have the potential and you have all of the gifts and you have everything that you need inside you to get you to the place where you want to be. Mm-hmm. Now, can we talk about that too where you were talking about um... – you said you have everything that you need inside of you to get where, you know, you want or where you need to be, you know, where, where you're going. How do we get individuals to understand that what they are searching for is internal a lot of times versus thinking that what they're searching for is in the life of somebody else or in whatever what somebody else has, had, has or has acquired, how do we get individuals to understand that, yo, it's inside of you? Do you understand, like, how much you have inside of you that has yet to be tapped into? I feel like we get people to understand that by helping them ask the question instead of Mm. leading them to the solution. And why I say that is that Mm -hmm. too many times, We want answers, but we are unwilling to ask the questions. Great questions will lead you to greater answers. We have to teach people as the students of life to ask themselves the questions and not how to get to the answer. So it forces them to unravel, unwrap, and uncover who they truly are behind what people see them as. It could be like Mm -hmm. a T-chart. On one side, how do you see yourself? On the right side, how do other people see you? Gotcha. And why do you think this is? Gotcha. Okay. Now, I hear the passion. I hear all of it. Like I can hear it crazy in your voice. What inspires you or who inspires you? That's a great question. I'm going to go with what, because I think a lot of people inspire me, but I'm going to go with what inspires me. What inspires me most about life is being able to see someone that is that person that hasn't found their potential. See someone that is that person that has struggled their whole life. See someone that can't get it in the classroom, that student that just seems not to be able to get it. And over a period of time, you see in that person, that someone transform. And then they start to get it. And then they start to open up. They start to be more vulnerable. They start to ask those questions. And then you see in them later in life, whether it be a next month, the next year, and they're happy. That's what inspires me. The transformation, the transformative process that people go through when they are willing or even unwilling, but just organically 
transforming into the people that God created them to be. That is what inspires me. And that's why I'm so passionate about touching people, about writing books for people to read, creating courses for people to watch, creating experiences for people to live in so that you can help people from whatever race, from whatever gender, whatever ethnicity, go through the transformative, transformative process. So it gets them from point A where they were, and it helps them live a life that they didn't even know could exist for them based upon the experiences that they have lived in. You're giving them a surplus of spirit in a system that has depleted them from truly being successful. Got you. Okay. All right. Now, you had the conference here early in the year. What else do you have planned for 2020? So April 18th, we're going to be in Charleston. We're going to have a conference there, the Blueprint CHS Conference, uh, which is Charleston, South Carolina. We're expecting 250 to 300 attendees at that conference. In November, we're going to have another Blueprint CLT Conference 2020 um, we're going to have 1,000 attendees at that conference right here back in Charlotte again. Um, I'll be releasing my mm-hmm. sixth book this year. Okay. Um, we're still working on the title, um, but the whole book is finished, mm-hmm. and I feel like the title is always the last part because I want to be able right. to let that be purposeful as well. So my sixth book will be released mm-hmm. this year. We're launching my podcast um, okay. over the summer. So we're, we're starting recordings on that very soon as well. And just continuous impact. My goal from this year is to impact a million students, a million students. So I believe you have to have goals that scare you and that goals that yes. you don't even believe that you can reach so that it forces you to step out of your comfort zone and ask people, how can I reach this goal? Because I don't know how to do it myself and I need your help. Awesome, awesome. And how can people get in? Uh, you know what, before we do that, I don't want to ask you how can people get in contact with you yet. I have three more questions, then I'm going to let you go, all right? For sure. So For sure. Th- I, three more questions, then I'm going to let you tell people how to get in contact with you, stay connected with you, uh, learn more about your school and your books and all of those things. All right. Now, here we have uh, what we call – we like to honor transforming transformers. Now, transforming transformers are, you know, mentors, those that we've looked up to that have made an impact in our lives, and they made those impact in our lives, and now we're making impacts in the lives of others. So we call them transforming transformers. Do you have one to two, three, four, um, individuals that you would like to acknowledge as transforming transformers that have, that have helped you through various stages of your life? Oh, yes, plenty. Um, I think three that stand out from a personal standpoint, um, Sarah Elizabeth Phillips. She is um, a spiritual transformational life coach um, out of Philly. Mm-hmm. Um that's definitely one. She's absolutely amazing. She's the CEO and founder of Inner Horizon um, LLC, 
Number okay. two, from a financial standpoint, George Achenpong, from a financial and then just overall business standpoint, and just helping me become a better man. He is the CEO and founder of Melanin Money, Makes Sense to Me, and then also Capital Wise. He's a financial expert and guru. Um, he's leading a cause to help a thousand or to help a million people um, invest their first thousand dollars in the stock market. Uh, a million people of color. Um, oh, I like that. And um, another one from a business standpoint, David Shands. He's the CEO and founder of Sleep is for Suckers out of Atlanta, Georgia. Um, okay. And then the last one, definitely Jay Morrison um, from a real estate perspective. Um, he's a real estate mogul, um, originally out of Jersey, but he's in Atlanta, Georgia now. He just opened up the Legacy Center. Um, and the founder of C, uh, and CEO also of Jay Morrison Academy, which is the number 13 educational company in the nation on Inc. 5000 magazine. Um, so definitely those four um, would be the people that are on the top of my, my mind. All right. Okay. Okay. Now, we've talked for almost, well, an hour, almost an hour. If everybody forgot everything that you said, what would be one thing that you want them to remember that you said on this show to help them experience that transformed life? So I think one thing that I didn't say, but that I think would encompass everything that I have said is what thing I want people to remember is ask this question. If jobs weren't hiring and going back to school wasn't an option, what gift or talent can you use that can take care of the lifestyle, not that you're living right now, but the lifestyle that you want? Mm. Okay. And if you don't know, now, and if you don't know. No, go ahead. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. If you don't know, I challenge you, whoever's listening, I challenge you to ask the five people closest to you, what are you truly good at? And I want you to see how you can create a system to being able to do that very thing every day. If you improved in that area 1% every single day for the whole year, you would have improved by the end of the year 37%. Mm. Start working on it now. Now, before we get to the last question, you said something that reminded me of something I wanted to ask you earlier. Um, you were talking about, right then and there, you said ask the five people closest to you, okay? You were telling them to ask the five people closest to you. Then if we rewind a little bit uh, back, you said that as, you know, you're, you begin to elevate it and your mindset begin to elevate, those around you, you know, your circle begin to get smaller and it begin to change. Um, how did you deal with that process? Uh, did you have a hard time letting go of some, or how did you master that? Because I know a lot of people that are having trouble mastering the concept of some of the people that have been their homeboy, their homegirl for years, understanding that sometimes it may come a time when there is a shift in both of your lives. For sure. 
I think for me, um, what I tell people is that you don't have to call <laughs> your friends or different people in your life that you're moving away from and have this, like, I don't want to be your friend anymore because I'm moving in this direction. <laughs> I believe organically, because I think that's what people think in their mind. Like, just, it's really they hard. I think, yeah, I think organically, it just happens. You know, it's kind of like how it happened for me specifically is that when my friends would want to go out, I would be in the house working. So at first, it's kind of like, hey, do you want to go out on the weekend? But I would be in the house. It's like, no. Over time, they would just stop asking me because they already know the answer. Mm-hmm. They already know where I'm at. When I see them out, it's not that we don't speak or we're not cordial or we're not, you know, we still have love for each other. We have a mutual understanding and a level of respect for each other that, hey, I'm doing this and you're doing that. I respect you where you are and I receive it, but I'm not doing that right now. So I think over time, one thing that I told students is that the moment that you are willing to move away from your day ones is the same moment that you move forward towards your destiny. Mm. Don't let your day one keep you stagnant at day one. Mm. Yeah, I, I like how you explain that because I don't know. I, I think it may be, you know, the, the, the social media mindset sometimes with a lot of people, you know, if you make me mad, I'm going to block you. So they feel like they have to have that conversation. It, I laugh at it too because I'm like, you don't really have to have a conversation. It just begins to happen. But it it, it amazes me, like, you know, how sometimes people do, they, they'll think like, oh, my God, they've been there for me through thick and through thin, and I got to. But, you know, the way that you explained it, just allow it to organically happen can really help a lot of people in that sense. So I have one more question, but before I get to that question, um, I want to give you the opportunity to, you know, give all of your information because usually when I ask this question, that's the last question I ask, and then we uh, end the show. So I want you to give all your information to where people can contact you um, or connect with you uh, through social media and everything where they can purchase your books and all of those things. For sure. So you can find me on social media at The Mission Planner. So at The Mission Planner. And my website is kylefking.com. So www.kylefking.com. All of my information is up there, and then all of my information on social media, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, is at The Mission Planner. All right. Now, I want to explain. I always like to do this. I usually do this before we go on air, but I want to explain to you why I invited you on the show. Um, I think it was either a year or two back, you went to a football game, okay? You were posted about going to a football game. But I think you were in the skybox with owners, and you were like, while some people are focused on connecting with, you know, the team or the the players, my mindset is to connect with the owners. Do you remember that post? Of course. I um, 
yeah, when yeah. the Carolina Panthers, um, when they announced yeah. that David Tepper, the new owner, I was up there with the owners. Yeah. Yeah, and I was like, yo, that is a mindset that we need to grab as a people because sometimes we can get so caught up in rubbing elbows with this person or rubbing elbows with that person that we're not thinking about the big picture and being able to sit at the table with those who own the team versus those who, you know, play for the team. You know, everybody has their place and their value, but that was something that really stuck out to me. And I was like, yo, whenever I get an opportunity to have him on the show, I want to have him on the show because I want people to hear that paradigm shift because I believe that that can be a great benefit in their personal life business life, ministry, whatever it is that they're doing, I believe that that mindset could help them understand life in general even better. So I just want to explain to you why I invited you on because I was like, yo, that that right there made so much more sense to me than a lot of other things. But the last question I like to uh, end the show with is it's the same question to everybody. Who is God to you? Mm. <clears throat> That's a great question. Um, I speak with my heart with this question. I believe that God to me is my guidance and is my voice. Mm-hmm. And why I say that, um, you know, you can say that God is everything. God is everything in me, around me. But for me specifically, for me personally, you know, there's been times where I have not known where I was going to even get my next meal or where my rent money was going to come or where my, you know, car payment was going to come or, you know, how my son was going to eat the next day. And I believe that God has always given me the guidance, whether it be through an opportunity, whether it be to hurdle an opposition, or whether it be to... um you know, accept an occupation and just being able to really provide me with guidance in every single area in my life to being able to get me to the place in my life where I am now because I've continued to remain faithful to him. And he's had enough grace for me even when I have gone through my mistakes and my challenges. And secondly, my voice. Um, I believe so many times as a black male and as an African-American, um, our voice has been taken from us and we don't have the opportunity to be powerful while also being intellectual, while also mm-hmm. being, um, being able to move people, but not just move people from our race. And that's what makes us even more powerful. Yeah. So I believe when I speak to people, when I teach students, when I am in boardrooms or in classrooms, every time I speak, it's not through my head, it's not through my heart, it's through him. And I ask for him to use me as a vessel to do his work, whether it be in a classroom, whether it be in a boardroom, whether it be in a community center, whether it be at a college, wherever I am, it's up to his voice and up to his guidance to lead me in the way that he needs me. And that's who God is for me. Awesome. And again, I always ask that question because nobody has given the same answer. And I always feel like that's the best way to end the conversation. 
So, Kyle, I thank you for joining us on tonight. Those of you that are listening, please make sure you check out his social media, support his endeavors, guys. And, again, we're back here February 3rd at 10 p.m. That's our new showtime, 10 p.m. We're going to be with Justin Michael Williams. He's a singer, songwriter, and an author. He wrote his first book, Stay Woke. It's going to be released February 11th, 2020. It's available available for pre-order on Amazon right now. I'm excited. I have an advanced copy coming, so I'm going to be reading that within the next couple of days so that I can share with you guys on here as well about the content within the book. So, again, thanks, everyone, for joining us to stay up to date with everything that I have going on, including what's going on on the show. Make sure you visit my website, www.cliftonpettyjohn.com. Also, Follow me on all of my social media platforms by just typing in my name, Clifton Pettyjohn. Thank you all for tuning in tonight. Uh, there would be no show without any of you, so I'm grateful for you. I'm thankful for each and every one of you. Again, Kyle, I say thank you for joining us on tonight and your willingness to share your story with our listening audience. We appreciate that. And everybody else, as I always say, create a great day. Walk your purpose, and by all means, execute your vision. Peace. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.